Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Roundtable. Coming to you from Beijing, I'm He Yang. Good as always to have you join us on today's show. We are diving into the unique blend of carefree socializing, tech love, and wellness in the heart of Chinese Gen Z's social spirit. In a world where digital interaction is just as meaningful as personal connections, and where self-care takes on new dimensions, we'll discover what drives their choices in friendships, romantic relationships, leisure, and their quest for a meaningful life in an increasingly connected yet possibly isolated world. And we'll uncover the secrets behind their attraction to ugly, cute things. What is the psychology that makes us adore the adorably awkward? For today's program, I'm joined by Yushun and Josh Cotterell. First on today's show. What aspirations do young people have for their social life, from zero sugar networking to the pursuit of self-love romanticism? We take a look at the intricacies of their social landscape. The more we unravel the layers of their digital and real-world interactions, the more we realize that they want. Meaningful social connections, but they don't want to be weighed down by emotional burden. They don't want to be affected by judgment from others. Then embrace yourself with some self-love. They cannot live without the tech, including AI, but they cannot live with it either. These are some of the trending themes underscored in a recent report. Just so soul. Associated with the social app Soul brings us the latest scoop. Let's use it as a starting point to explore the trends currently shaping the social lives of Chinese Gen Z. So, how do you explain this concept of zero sugar networking?、Mm. What does it mean? Yeah, I think just like the concept of enjoying a sugar-free Coke, because it is saying that it is zero sugar. Networking, right? Or in Chinese, 零糖社交 So you don't need to have any pressure when you are drinking sugar-free Coke, right? For example, the pressure of getting fat. So zero sugar networking refers to socializing with zero pressure or without any of the emotional burdens. So according to this report, this meets the demand. Of casual yet meaningful connections among an increasing number of young Chinese and. Are often short-lived and revolve around common interests and activities. So, from my understanding, they want a friendship, but want to keep it short and temporary, and don't want to make commitments, because you know that reminded me of you know the popular topic we also talked about, 搭子 or companion, right? We have you know travel 搭子 music concert 搭子 So. Basically, they only want companionship for that particular one trip, and don't want to have any subsequent entanglements. And then I think that is how these Chinese people are thinking that okay, I only want companionship temporarily, and I really don't want to have any further engagement with you. So let's say if the stars align and you really get along, and then people aren't、hmm. shutting doors on real long-lasting friendships, but at least for that temporary fleeting few hours, 
you guys are hanging out together or mm. traveling or going to a restaurant or doing something together, even if it's just for that fleeting moment. And Josh, I have a question for you. You know, when Chinese young people prefer low commitment and minimal input in human relationships, does it raise the question of how this approach impacts their chances in finding deep and long-term relationships. And I wonder, among your Gen Z friends in the UK and elsewhere, do young people share this similar kind of look on friendship and or this kind of, what do you call this, a fleeting moment? Well, I think that there are some changing trends. And I think that these days, one thing that social media has given us is the opportunity to find other people all over the world, or at least even in your close proximity within traveling distance who have a very similar interest to you, maybe an interest in something that could be quite niche, right? Um, but then you are able to find these people, meet these people that share that interest in, for example, something like cosplay, right? I think that um, now when we see videos online of these cosplay events, it almost seems like it's massive, right? But it probably isn't as big as it seems, right? It's that all these people have traveled from different places in order to meet at this specific place. And then there's a lot of them, right? But it's probably quite difficult to find that person who's maybe into that specific anime or whatever that you're dressing up as. I don't know that much about cosplay. But either way, I think that this is what social media has given us. But at the same time, um, it's given birth to this phenomenon, I think, which we're talking about now, which definitely exists in my own country, whereby... Once that event is sort of done, it's done, right? And it does seem as though now we're in an era of when it comes to purchasing goods, right? Consumerism, we're definitely in an era of personalization where we're able to get very specific items that are personalized to our very specific needs, whether that's food, whether that's clothing, whether that's something else um, miscellaneous right but also it seems as though the same thing's happening with relationships and friendships in that we can really pick and choose very carefully who we want to spend time with and what we want to do with them but your question was does this mean that we're not going to be able to develop strong relationships long-term relationships i certainly maybe i i don't know for sure but i think certainly it's going to change i mean what does it take to develop a really deep relationship i personally think it does take time. You need to spend time with that person. You need to listen to them. You need to, um, you know, talk about all of those other things aside from the sort of pleasure, friendship, the the interest, the mutual interest that you have. Um, but you know, uh, then again, there is a lot of small talk around that. I mean, in order to get to that point, and I guess that these days our attention spans are shrinking, and our patience also. And isn't that a problem potentially like you said meaningful and lasting relationships often require time effort and emotional investment and going through stuff the ups and the downs because if you haven't been through that together if you haven't um, invested that emotion and time into it then is it even possible to have that kind of deep connection so i think this new trend is you know, giving young people more possibilities or it's becoming a hook for them to, you know, get to know each other. Unlike we, you know, basically we need to know each other with going through all of these things, right, uh, before. But right now, like what you said, Heyang, maybe 
these two people really get along after one, you know, temporary companionship. Maybe they will become, you know, long-lasting friends. And、um, I think it is also reflecting, you know, young people's kind of mindset that they are focusing more on their selves' needs. You know, I feel that it is a more direct and self-focused mentality that prevalent among young people today because. I've seen many people looking for, you know, companionship or dads who would say that, okay, I don't need any additional conditions, but I just need you to provide some emotional value for me. So whether providing emotional value is simple or difficult is another matter, but at least people nowadays seem to prioritize their, you know, current emotions more, which I think is also very important. Yeah, but that just sounds impossible to me. Right? It sounds like somebody says, "Okay, I have emotional needs now, and I want it fulfilled."、Mm. And who can fulfill that? A robot, and it's probably not going to fulfill it so well. If it does, then it's another creepy story. But if you don't have that, you know, prior investment or you know the prior padding of having a relationship, then nobody's going to provide you with that emotional need when you need it. And I think that's the problem when we're always talking about. In a way, it's instant gratification. In a way, it's you prioritize your needs without giving, and the、mm. giving part is the most difficult part, time-consuming part, and it doesn't. Bring immediate returns. I just, I'm afraid that we're forgetting how to give when we're always asking to fulfill our needs. No, no, no. Well, I agree with both of you here, but I think I wonder sometimes what comes first. You know, whether it is whether you can have this sort of、um, emotionless connection,、uh, so to speak, and then after that, if you connect during that, for example, this activity. You would be able to develop a deeper friendship afterwards, because I know myself that, to be honest, when I think about it, this is also how I've made most of my friendships. Because most of my really good friends are through football,、um, which is something where I don't join this football team to make friends. Really, I mean, I know there's always going to be a social element to it, but I join it to play football. I I rolled up the first time, didn't know anybody there, none of the guys there to. Kick a bag of air around a field and then go home, right?、Um, and that's kind of similar in this regard. But then, through that activity, I did become really good friends with some of these people. So I, I imagine that although in the beginning there's this minimal emotional burden, I imagine that at some point you're inevitably going to meet people that you do develop those stronger、mm-hmm. friendships with. Yeah, hopefully that is the case. And despite the interest in low commitment socializing, most young Chinese people, at least according to this report, still value social interactions. And how are they balancing their need for a social life with the desire for personal space? Yeah, when asked about their ideal form of friendship. Fifty-four、um, percent of the young respondents favored maintaining regular contact with friends, while also preserving their own personal space. And only twelve point six percent of them choose sticking together every day. So I think they are also having that mentality of you know setting boundaries. And especially in this case, you know,、um, I think because of this kind of boundary. They want to keep this friendship as acquaintance, maybe, so that you don't really need to put 
a lot of effort and you don't need to require the other side to put a lot of effort in this relationship. Yeah, well, I think that effort is is a complicated thing when we talk about putting in effort, right? Because it can be given and received in so many different ways. And I think also many of us have um, different ideas about what constitutes proper, proper effort in relationships. When it comes to romance, we have this idea of love languages, right? People having for some reason, different ways of receiving love. For some people, it's through gift giving. For some people, it's through physical touch. Some people, it's through verbal things. I, I don't know it uh, off by heart, to be honest, but um, we're all quite different people, right? And so I think that this is why, again, it comes down to time spent with one another. So, um, I, and, I, and again, although I think we are able to develop proper friendships through different methods, I still think that, probably quite negatively what this takes away from us what social media is is taking away from us is the ability to have the patience to spend enough time with one another to actually learn what effort needs to be given so i don't know what the future holds though for for this question to be honest that you just asked mm. well actually if i stand back for one moment and i do confess that my views on this has changed a little bit i think just having been immersed in this digital world for, you know, one more year, then you get some thoughts, right? And it's important to note that meaningful relationships don't always conform to a single model. And some individuals, they may find deep and significant connections that are not traditionally structured or do not demand constant interaction. And I do believe that, you know, let's say if two people have never met in person, but they can forge a true friendship online. I know people who become best friends by playing is video it called? games. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, this person could be living on a different continent. And mm. then, you know, and also these days with video games, you could speak to each other over the mic. You can right. hear each other. You, you, you can chat. And also, you know, you see people who are having a meeting and being very professional on the one hand. And at the same time, another smartphone is on and they're playing some video game or whatever it is and uh, and also having people online interacting so i do think that this internet world has opened us up to so many more possibilities to different kinds of relationship but in this transitional period or as we go along in this world it's sometimes confusing because there are these new happenings of things and also, there is another term that has been floating around, but, and that's the notion of self-love romanticism. And how is it influencing young people's attitude towards self-care and well-being? And this is not necessarily about having a relationship with another person, right? Hmm. Yes. So this survey found that there is a kind of shift in the attitude of young Chinese towards an emerging concept dubbed self-love romanticism or in Chinese, 自恋浪漫主义. In fact, the first time that I saw this term in Chinese, I thought the literal translation in English is narcissistic romanticism. That doesn't sound good at all. Right. So, and so you're falling in love with your own reflection? <laughs> hmm. So over 90% of the respondents hold a non-negative view of this term. So I believe this term conveys more about, you know, self-care and self-love. 
And then I think, yeah, self-love romanticism may be better.、Mm. As for what this entails, includes you know taking care of one's body, fostering healthy relationships, avoiding unnecessary efforts to please others, and strengthening one's values and beliefs. And、um, you know, young people are learning how to embrace their flaws and live on their own terms. So on this app, you know, related hashtags such as "Live the way you like" or have garnered over seven hundred million views, which is you know pretty high. And、um, I think yeah, young people are having that kind of awareness of you know the importance of self love and self care.、Mm. Josh, what do you think of this、mm-hmm. um, awakening from some of these young people in China? Well, it seems that Gen Z, especially, is prioritizing self-care、um, mm. and self-love, and just I think health and fitness and things like this more than generations before them. Right?、Um, I think that、uh, again, as we've discussed on the show a few times, social media, for all its negative aspects, does promote this very perfect image of a healthy lifestyle and being, you know, green and.、Um, Environmentally friendly and all of this kind of thing, and I, I guess that one positive to take away from that, although it's quite difficult to sometimes meet those perfect standards, is that there is、um, an increasing awareness about the importance of embracing self-love and a focus on individual well-being. You know, the idea that you must take care of yourself before you're able to take care of anybody else, and things like this. I, I think that、um, also, though, on a more positive note. I think that it's also about self-acceptance, and when we're talking about meeting friends in these environments that require, you know, slightly less of an emotional burden, I think that also we're talking about accepting yourself for who you are and really leaning into those things that you're, for example, really interested in. That maybe before social media and this era would be, it would take. More confidence to to do that, right? You'd have to really go and talk to people and find those niches, and you might not be able to have a community that makes you feel、um, supported. Whereas now, even if you're doing something that's maybe slightly unusual,、um, you're probably going to find thousands of other people online that are doing the same thing.、Um, so I think that there's it's maybe、uh, easier to find this self acceptance,、mm. uh, but I think this does come from a desire to combat. Social pressure, and、uh, they seem to be more aware of this than than my generation. Even I guess I'm on the cusp of Gen Z, but still,、uh, it amazes me some of these things still. Yeah, and that's a feeling that a lot of older Chinese folks probably feel the same about the younger generation. And、mm. there's so much more talk about the self and taking care of yourself. And in the olden days. Um, let's say for my parents' generation, that's just unheard of, and people talk about the collective all the time.、Mm. And so now I think in China, in we're in this interesting period that on the one hand, especially online, everybody has a voice, and I think the internet world and social media has, in a way, magnified our sense of the self. I'm sorry to say this, but we all feel. We are extremely important、mm. online, <laughs> but does every voice count? And also, does it really have that much of a significance? Sometimes it's hard to say, but it creates this almost torn reality for people sometimes. And also, okay, this is a little bit veering off the course, but I wonder if this has 
something to do with um, some of our younger students these days in elementary and middle school feeling difficult to fit into the educational system because the online world that they live in and also possibly at home, so much of this appreciation of your individual personality as such is elevated or you feel is really important. But when you go to school and you're part of the collective, you're part of the um, team and there's this uh, almost like a mismatch of how you feel about the significance of the self. And that can be really confusing for a young person. And 2023 was a big year for artificial intelligence, AI, and of course, AI-generated content, AIGC, all that good stuff. And how is the human-machine interaction being perceived and utilized by the younger generation for social purposes? I see all this talk about AI friends, human-machine interaction in all kinds of different settings. So what do you have to say about that? Hmm. Yes, this report also underscores the impact of the rapidly evolving AI technology in the social lives of young Chinese. So. It also states that the breakthrough development of AI-generated content has opened up new possibilities for social interaction, and human-machine interaction has been increasingly embraced. According to this survey, 9% of respondents have found companionship with AI-powered entities over animated figures and celebrities. Yet the majority, about 48%, still find the most companionship in real-world friends. Yeah, I also feel that when we talk about companionship, AI or machines may still hard to achieve the level of emotional understanding and response that humans actually have. Because, you know, even though, let's say we can have advanced AI like Jarvis in Iron Man, I can only see it as a, you know, highly logical and rational assistant, but not a companion. So. Mm, I don't know what others think, but, you know, like talking to an AI about my, for example, my a dating experience or my personal life, it's just nonsense to me. <laughs> what about you, Josh? Well, I think that it's, it's inevitable that AI is going to help with both friendships and romantic relationships as well. I think that we're talking about algorithms really here, which I know can be a little bit boring and monotonous to talk about, but... It's quite interesting when you think about how all of these recommendations and all of this personalized content is going to make these interactions, quote unquote, more relevant to you. Um, and I, I guess that in some ways that's kind of scary and it almost feels a bit inhuman, right? And that almost seems like uh, the sort of opposite of proper social interaction. But then again, if you think about I guess we've got to think about the value of those negative social interactions we've had we have because all of this technology ultimately is going to supposedly minimize those negative social experiences or minimize the risk of having a negative social experience whether that be going on a date with somebody that you really don't like and you have a, a terrible night out or you know meeting friends and realizing a few months down the line that they're not your friend and you don't like them but then maybe we've got to ask ourselves are these experiences maybe necessary for, mm. you know, in order to form a true character and to form our own morality and and start to understand ourselves? I guess it's part of the journey. 
there's there's a balance right to mm-hmm. all of this because even already we we can't say that it was any it was that different 10 years ago or even now because we still use a lot of methods in order to minimize those negative interactions but it seems as though ai is going to be able to reduce that risk by uh, a lot you know mm. which is kind of scary for me and it gets into your head it gets into your emotional space if you let it and we still need to highlight one fact that ai is a machine and, you know, after spending all that time with the machine, yeah, like when you want somebody to hug you in this cold, cold night, it's not going to be able to extend its arms to you. And, you know, isn't it also important to remember that? And there's so much more we want to talk about. Some machine like Baymax, if you like triggered some kind of a mechanism that it has, maybe it can give you a hug, but while well, it's still algorithm. Yes. <laughs> 